For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hey, this is Nico Robin from One Piece, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Welcome back to the new series of The Geek Show on 104.5 FM and thegeekshow.co.uk live every Monday 6 till 8. Today we're joined by me, Phil. Me, Rob. And me, Rob. We've got two Robs. Uh, we have just come back from Anime Attacks where we actually had two Phils, which is a strange thing. Uh, today's episode is about war. Series 5, episode 1. Hello. Yes, new series. And in a couple of weeks, we also hit our 100th episode. That's going to be absolutely awesome. Big competition coming up for that week as well. So make sure that you tune in, because there's going to be some good giveaways. Hello to all the people that came down to Animex Attack. Uh, Anime Anim- Attack. Oh, I'm doing it again. Animex Anime Attack, Attack. Make you, makes it sound like Chris is going to launch himself. Anime, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, Animex is a gaming con- uh, a, a game development and animation uh, festival in Middlesbrough, whereas Anime Attacks is a Japanese festival in Gateshead that we've just come back from this weekend, which was absolutely amazing. We met loads of really cool guys uh, and girls, obviously, and uh, it was absolutely amazing. A few quick hellos to Jacob Afro Guy, to uh, Breezy, to Jay. Yeah. Uh, um, Loads of people in the chat box. Obviously, if you want to speak to us, want any requests... Any questions you want to ask us, anything you want us to talk about, go on to thegeekshow.co.uk. There's a chat box on the right-hand side. Which is finally working, yeah, and on which, this PC. Which is working, yeah. We, we had it down all the last two weeks because... Yeah, Stuff. Because, yeah. Stuff. Basically, uh, yeah. you guys have been downloading so much stuff from our website. We've given out nine terabytes worth of data in the last 90 days. So well done, guys. Yes. Keep downloading. It's a terabyte. Push up our bills. Uh, we, won't. we don't mind. We don't yes. mind. Anyway, we've got some news for people. Uh, do we have a news jingle? We do have the news jingle. We're coming back in a second with the news. <laughs> This is the news. Okay, so news article number one, Jurassic Park is closer than you think. Yes, uh, basically what's happened is uh, a bunch of scientists have managed to splice 
500 million year old genes into modern bacteria. And guess which modern bacteria they used? E. coli. Yes, E. coli. Mm. Of, of all, all the things. The things. Uh, you say this, but uh, the whole gene splicing thing is coming on bounds. Like uh, the film from about 2009, 10, I think it was, uh, Splice. Yeah. When they were doing it, the director said, this is all science fiction, but like a few months after it, the fiction is catching up. No, the fact is catching up with the fiction. So maybe, you know, you might yeah. have a, a Jurassic Park, not a pack full of dinosaurs a few years down the line. You know, we never know these things. The thing, this process is called paleo-experimental evolution. And the whole, the whole idea behind it is to see how evolution has happened in genes and bacteria. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, they've observed bacterium grow over more, uh, over more than 1,000 generations in one go, <laughs> which basically allows them to see evolution in action. Uh, That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it it is really cool, but it does get uh, it does make Jurassic Park less of less science fiction. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't really like Velociraptors. Uh, if I can ride on the back of a what they're called, the flying ones, pterodactyl. I can fly in pterodactyls black back through the sky. Pteranodon. Fly flying on pterodactyls black. On his black. On, on his, his black. black. On yeah. his black. I'll, I'll be fine by that, yeah. <laughs> totally. You racist. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about? Can't work with people nowadays. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. News number two. Making satellites from space junk. Yes, this is another DARPA thing. Oh, right. DARPA. Yeah, this yep. is DARPA again. The, the title for this from the website, we've, uh, we've read this. Space Leeches. Yes. DARPA Tactical Technology Office. Okay. Which... Is a worrying title. Terrifying. They want swarms of small Drink. spacecraft that w- that will go into space, attach themselves to dead satellites, and use the components from those dead satellites to create new working satellites. Now, does this remind you of the replicators at all from st- it, SG One? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Personally, it reminds me of Akira when Akira kind of swallows everything and turns into a big. Blob you mean thing. Tetsuo, not Akira? No, it's the thing Akira. Yeah, Character's te- called te- Tetsuo. Yeah, bloody nerd pedants. <laughs> All of you. It's, right. The thing is Akira. Akira goes nuts. Akira's already... Oh, shut up, Rob. Shut up. Not oh. going into that. For those who haven't seen Akira, watch it, you'll know We're already it. shouting at each other. We're uh, like six minutes in. Yes. Okay, anyway, so... Anyway, yeah. Um, they're part of DARPA's Phoenix Project, which is a program that will harvest and reuse valuable components from retired non-working satellites in geo... In, geosynchronous orbit and demonstrate the ability to create new space systems at greatly reduced cost. So, so basically good. what it is is DARPA wants to put bots into space which have the ability to bring down satellites. And make more satellites. No, no, it's, it's to bring down satellites. They, I'm sure they're saying it, but oh look, these robots can chop up satellites and make new ones. Yes. Oh, whoops, that was China's. Oh, oh shame. yeah. Mm, no. Yeah, moving on. Um, This one I added just because it just seems ridiculous, right? Burn pine cones and charge your iPhone or charge your mobile phone or charge whatever mobile... It's a USB-powered camping stove. It's a camping stove called called BioLite, and it burns, you know, wood, sticks, leaves, pine cones, whatever... And it transforms that heat into electricity that you can use to charge via USB, whatever you want. Okay, that's cool. The problem I have with it is that the this sort of thing is really kind of the gadget that's aimed at the geek. But most geeks that I know don't go camping. 
Really? Yes. I, I know. I, loads of my geeky friends are well into camping, including myself, because we've got nothing better to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, see, we'll see. It has taken the sort of wind out of the survivalist and naturalists. Like, you yeah. bear grills out of their yeah. winds a bit, really. Yeah, I know. Uh, these people go on the, in the forest. They do all this stuff. They carve trees down. Now somebody with iPhone. I've got an app for that. <laughs> I'll be sorry in no time. Oh. Jacob Afro guy's saying, uh, never camped and I'm a massive geek. Well, there's something wrong with you, Jacob. Get in a tent and, well, yes. go camping. Uh, quick hello to Tucky, who's joined us in the shout box. Hey, Tucky Con. <laughs> Tucky Con. Tucky Con. Yes. We, uh, um, over the weekend, we had the most northern uh, The Geek Show we've ever had. Uh, basically, it was Tucky. Uh, from Sunderland, uh, there was Phil from Armacon, who's from Newcastle, uh, and there was me and there was Harry. And Harry was like, so, blah, 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 blah. And then he'd be like, well, what do you think, Tucky? And I was like, oi, 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 oi. And uh, what do you think, Phil? Oi, 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 oi. And I, it was, it, seriously, we needed translators. I had no idea. It, it was the funniest thing. And we were in, we were in this big sports hall, um, to playing, uh, talking to this this audience, you know, we were recording the show, and these guys, you know, won some prizes and whatnot. It was really cool. Um, but it was like being in a submarine because <laughs> the sound was bouncing off the back wall and coming back to us, and nobody could hear what was going on. Luckily, the mics picked up everything, so uh, we, it's going to be a really good show. It's a really good one to listen to. I think you'll all enjoy it next yeah, week. That's uh, on next week, Monday six till eight. Anyway, moving on, we have Comic-Con news. Oh, it's been really good news yes. for Comic-Con. Do you um, know what? I, f- I finished Walking Dead yeah. Season 2 uh, as of yesterday. Me and my girlfriend sat down and we watched it and we finished it. And we should have ended an episode earlier. Oh. Loved it, but should have ended an episode earlier. Y- yes, 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 it should have. Absolutely. And uh, they didn't kill off all the characters I hate, so I'm, I'm miserable. <laughs> It's it's like what it's like um, to, Game though. of Thrones and they haven't killed Joffrey yet, so I was quite upset about the whole thing. Maybe they're building it up. Oh, they hope so. just nether them on one pit of death. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, obviously without spoilers, the one character I really really liked, they turned into a prat, and the other characters which I really really hate, they didn't kill. Minus one. Minus yeah, one. I knew the person who hates the kid. Oh, the woman. Everyone hates the kid. Oh, the, the kid has... I, I'm trying not to spoil it, but the kid has killed more people than <laughs> zombies. Because the zombies are out just doing their thing. And it's like, stay here, Carl. Carl disappears off. Don't touch that, Carl. Carl's got a gun. Don't do this. Uh, everyone dies because of the child. Pretty much. Yep. But uh, the bulk of the announcements were to do with the second phase of the Avengers movies, Ooh, yes. which is some interesting announcements there. Well, as Rob, as our resident movie reviewer, bring us up to speed with the with the uh, well, the Marvel announcements. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, a speed run. As Iron Man three, and the lead villain is going to be the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley. Okay, which uh, actually look, who's who's Ben Kingsley? He played Gandhi. What? He played Gandhi. That's hilarious. <laughs> no. Gandhi's Iron Man's ultimate nemesis. Yeah. There is uh, far too Ant-Man, the long-suggested movie whoa, by Edgar over, Wright. You glazed over Thor 2. Yes, because there's not much really shown about that. It's kind of... Oh, look, here's Thor 2. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man, Edgar Wright's comic book movie, 
kicking the bad guy's backsides one inch at a time. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant tagline. Wow. Uh, Captain America, when the uh, the villain's been announced for that, is the Winter Soldier. I don't really know too much about uh, uh, the Winter America, Soldier. So... I think uh, he turns up in, uh, you know, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. All I know about it is he's a Russian super soldier who's kept in cryogenics. Like, yeah, I think he turns up in Marvel Ultimate oh, Alliance. Oh, he's done the Germans, he's done the Russians. Oh, I, f- I feel who else there's left to fight. There's the, there's the Japanese, I uh, guess, were in the Second World yeah. War. So. There's us. <laughs> It's us. <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, yeah. And uh, the last one, which is kind of strange and out of nowhere, really, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which, to me, it's a bit of an unknown quantity. I don't uh, know what that is. I, I know what Guardians of the Galaxy is, and I, I know this because I started reading Guardians of the Galaxy when it first started with Marvel. Basically, it's set uh, a long time after Captain America and everybody. Earth's heroes have all been killed off, and there's no actual superhero team. Okay. And Hang on, isn't there a super raccoon in there? No, I'm talking no, about the what, very first Guardians of the Galaxy. Isn't that anime where they have the giant testicles? No, Maybe. that's... Uh, yeah. You mean Pompoko? Yeah, Pompoko. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's no actual super team, and the galaxy's been conquered. Yeah. Earth has already colonised different different planets, so you've got, like, the Jovians, and, all, and they're all human stock. Yes. And they're trying to overthrow the race that has actually conquered the solar system, mm. and they, they managed to do this by... Get, they get a, a bunch of them to get, get together and escape from prison, uh, one of them is, uh, it turns out he's, uh, he's kind of a clone descendant type thing of Captain America, and he receives Captain America's shield, and he becomes the leader of the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Which yep. is basically this ragtag A-team type uh, group of superheroes who aren't, re- who aren't really super in the normal sense because they've just evolved that way, if that makes sense. I kind of glazed over because that's a lot of information you just fed me. You but, seriously? But yeah. They had one brilliant bad guy, though. The, br- the best bad guy of all. They had Doctor Doom, who was still alive because he'd, he'd managed to transplant himself into this kind of... Uh, uh, as a cybernetic organism, uh, and he'd taken over Wolverine's skeleton. Okay, as you do. So Whoa. he's basically Doctor Doom Terminator with adamantium <laughs> claws. Invincible, then, basically. <laughs> Uh, the one, interesting ones though Ant-Man personally I enjoy Edgar Wright's stuff I think he's a fantastic director and him doing a comic book movie it just seems like a match made in heaven really you, just for people that don't know um, what other movies has Edgar Wright done Edgar Wright that, that, did that would be good Scott Pilgrim vs. the World Shaun yeah. of the Dead Hot Fuzz <laughs> a fantastic right. triple bill there yeah. Yeah. amazing triple bill and uh, otherwise though there's other announcements besides comic well not other announcements besides Avengers and Marvel there's a behind-the-doors reveal of Man of Steel. That's the new Superman movie yeah. by Zack Snyder. Ooh. And I will say this. Jack one of the very Schneider. few people who only liked Superman Returns. Everybody hated on that movie, but I really liked it. I so. liked Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. I thought, Le- mm. I thought him as Lex Luthor, especially with the uh, kryptonite shiv. That was brilliant. That's pretty good. I really like that movie, but yeah. One, uh, one unforgettable announcement for, for all the bronies in the audience is... Uh, from Breezy, My Little Pony Season uh, 3. Yeah, My Little Pony Season 3. That's yes. an announcement, Just and that's all that shall be said <laughs> about that for the moment. Feel free yes. to shout yeah. us on anyway. thegeekshow.co.uk in the chat box on the right. Guillermo yeah, del Toro. The, the big one, yeah. Guillermo del Toro is one of the most fascinating directors working today. Just because he does fantasy without CG, he does proper puppetry with Doug Jones. I mean, watch Pan's Labyrinth and not be bowled over by that yeah. film. I don't think Pan's it's Labyrinth. physically po- possible. It's just beautiful. beautiful. Film. But uh, his new stuff, it kind of looks like Mass Effect. It's called uh, The Pacific Rim. 
and not much has been shown about it. There's a trailer behind closed doors, yeah. and some people on Twitter said, oh my God, it's the best thing that's ever existed. So yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> trying to keep grounded. Somebody that. said <laughs> it's the best thing that's ever existed. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that, because it's Glamour Doltaro, and he's doing sci-fi. The one that cool. I'm looking forward to, though, is Hellboy 3. You can't say that. Ron Perlman, who plays Hellboy, and... <laughs> well, He's brilliant. No, sorry, Ron Perlman, who is Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Character. That's he his is character. Hellboy. That's how he lives. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Guillermo del Toro said, they'd like to do it one day. <laughs> That's it. And uh, yeah. Ron Perlman says he's kind of curious not to do it because he knows how Hellboy's character ends. So I haven't read that, so I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, I know what he's talking about. It's it's a shame, but I'd love to see Hellboy three. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. We, um, yeah, anyway, loads to go. Well, that's the best thing about characters. Well, one thing that also was announced. What really hurt me, really badly, really, really badly, is the new Deadpool game. Yeah, it's a game. They announced the new Deadpool game, and they didn't have Ryan Reynolds voicing him in the game, which I thought would have been amazing because he he gets the Wade Wilson thing. Um. It's kind of corny, kind of daft. It's you know how you know how you get things where they go, oh the kids like this. Let's get lots of suits oh. to make it, and yes. they basically got you know what seems like a lot of people that so. who were who who are really into Deadpool took a quiz off them, took some survey sheets off them, and then went. There you go, they make a game. So basically, the Green Hornets, but in video game form. Yes! Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. Oh, these kids like video game movies nowadays. Let's uh, let's make that. Yeah. It was really bad. Um, Pity. To be honest, they, they, they do get a lot of things right. They break the fourth wall. They use little yellow boxes. They have, <laughs> they, they have Marvel. On the front of it has the Marvel swimsuit edition, which is pretty funny. Um... It has all the little bits that you want from a Deadpool game. Does it have the Watcher running away from Deadpool? Yeah, it has everything. Everything you want, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't have that soul. That yeah. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. It doesn't have the je ne sais quoi. The, the one person in the universe who manages to upset the Watcher, who is supposed to be unpa- impartial to everything... Oh God! What are you doing? The only person in the universe who manages to upset him. There's one bit where he goes back uh, forward back in time and knows that uh, somebody's going to fall through a roof. Yeah. So goes three days before and fills a swimming pool with nothing but pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> so like he's like, he's like, thinks. how did you know I was going to fall through there? And he just turns around and goes, you were going to fall through there? I was just making a swimming pool full of pancakes. <laughs> I like the way he rolls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is why we like Deadpool. Obviously, today's uh, theme is war. Hit us up on hashtag the Geek Show or thegeekshow.co.uk in the chat box on the right-hand side. Hi, I'm Phil Coe. I'm a level designer at Valve, and I love listening to the Geek Show. I wonder what the end of that was. Oh, yeah. All effects producing Windows Movie Maker. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just rapping now. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. Uh, that one, yes. we couldn't actually find a copy of it on the system, so we, we played it off YouTube uh, because there, there isn't that much on because our Because we can. Breezy, how do, it says, how did I not see this song I coming? know. I know. Yes. It's really... It's an amazing song. Yes. You should respect the song. Do you know what? I, I spent five minutes trying to explain to everybody that, you know, it's like... You, Earth, Wind and Fire song, War, 
It's like, that isn't Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh, right, okay, that's probably why no one knew what I was on about. Yeah, because uh, I was thinking Earth, Wind and Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, movies. Well, uh, I will just uh, interject movie there. There has been a few movies, like, between shows. The main, the major one is uh, Spider-Man. I won't yeah. review it in major depth, but we'll say this. It's, I liked it a lot because... I prefer Andrew Garfield as a Spider-Man. He's not an ugly baby face like Toby Maguire was. He <laughs> <laughs> was terrible, terrible. That dancing. That yeah. dancing. Yeah, but I like Andrew Garfield. He's got great chemistry with uh, Emma Stone, who plays Gwen Stacy. And the drama side of it, I enjoy thoroughly, but the action sort of spectacle side is a bit lacking. I mean, I like Lizard. I think Lizard's a fantastic villain. But He's very good. He kind of goes to sort of a stereotypical villain plot to Doc take over Rock. the city. It's a bit boring how they use his character. It's ups and downs. There's good bits about it. There's bad bits about it. Could give it a chance. It's definitely worth the time. Um, best Stanley cameo as oh, of yet. Yes. Oh, by a long bells way. On, yes. Other films that came out. Uh, Seeking a Friendly End. The World is a nice little look at the apocalypse and a little indie quirky romance inside it uh, Magic yep. Mike makes you feel inadequate in all the wrong ways <laughs> <laughs> but it's a thoroughly entertaining little uh, I've seen movie. you dance yeah. I've seen you dance where were you <laughs> and where did you see this Magic Mike <laughs> <laughs> yes but uh, there some movies that have been out in the, in the gap really and so, the big one though is Friday The Dark Knight Rises yeah yes we're yes. all looking forward to that oh, yes, yes. How, uh, do you think it'll be good? Do you think it'll be bad? I, I'm trying to keep grounded because yeah. if it's not as like doesn't weigh up to my expectations, I don't want to be disappointed with it because yeah. I love the other two so much. Yeah, I, I didn't like the last one. I, I, I thought I, the last I, one was really good, but I Batman prefer, Begins is, because it was out of the blue. It was yeah. unexpected. You kind of expected it to be great with the Dark Knight. Yeah, I think personally, anyway. Well, yeah, I think that's what it is with Batman Begins. We just because we we were so used to the. Uh, Holy crud, we, we had Heath Ledger, etc., etc. Yeah. Joker, oh my god, wow. Oh. Well, yeah, the Scarecrow was such a cool villain, though. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Joker's great, but Scarecrow was done really well. Do you yeah. know what? Scarecrow was done better in Arkham City, the game. Yes. As, as a deeper character and scarier by a long way. Yeah, but you can't really translate that, I don't think. Not in an old and sort of well, realistic I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying. Was I, Scarecrow in Arkham City? Yeah. Oh, was he in Arkham Asylum? Arkham Asylum, Asylum. sorry, ap- yeah, yeah, apologies. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that a game did what a movie with a billion pound budget did. A game did better. Yeah, I wouldn't say it, it was scared bad, me though. more. I'll tell you what, Arkham, Arkham City had a great twist with the what happened with, happens with the Joker. Yeah, I think we've got uh, next week's movie discussion wrapped up there. Just yes. Batman in general. <laughs> yes. Anyway, moving on. Be- oh, next week's show should be called Because Batman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, next week we've, anime we've got the Anime Attacks because Attack. Batman. <laughs> we've anime got the Anime Attacks because Attack Batman. Oh, we've got a full show. We've, yes. we've got some pictures, actually, that have been uh, submitted by Gentle Heaven. Yes. Which is pretty good. We'll put those up as well. Anyway, moving on. What makes a war movie? War. Guns and that. Guns, Guns and that. that. Yeah. But that could also make a cowboy movie. <laughs> okay, so... It could also make a gangster movie. <laughs> what are the archetypal war movies? Let's ream them off, shall we? Uh, saving... Saving Private Ryan? I I was about to, <laughs> you're about to say the alternate. I just yeah. don't believe that story. I don't believe that send the platoon out there just to save someone. It's a fetch quest. It just wouldn't happen. I don't it believe is. it. I don't buy it. Three wolf pelts and... Uh, I mean, and if you want to kill Tommy Hanks, there's an easy way to do than that. What was that line, uh, you know? <laughs> Sean Bean, yeah. 
Sheen Bean. Uh, uh, there was some comedian who, uh, who made a joke about it, just said, look, if you had a gay platoon, it wouldn't have taken them two and a half hours to find Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, okay, so... What makes a war movie? Apocalypse it, Now? It's just kind of uh, two sides or maybe more against each other. It doesn't have to be uh, fatigues and all this sort of stuff. It doesn't have to be sci-fi. I mean, to be honest, I'd say Battle Royale. Is a war movie? Well, it's more of a survivalism. Well, you can put survivalism into war, can't you? What about Gangs of New York? Not really. It's more of a Why? gang movie, isn't it? I suppose. Well, then, Gangster. war movies have to be in a war. I'd, I'd yeah, guess. but it is a war in battle royale. You can't doubt that. It's everybody against everybody. He's got a point. Mm, I mean, if you've got yeah. everybody against everybody else, then you're basically trying to kill everybody else. Okay, so the ma- main ones are like Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jackets, yeah. uh, Platoon, uh, Platoon, um, and then you get your sci-fi ones gates? like what were uh, yeah, um, Trans- Starship Troopers, Starship which is Troop- underrated so much. It's, it's a fantastic movie. satire, and it's all sorts really. Yeah, it's a bl- broad spectrum of stuff, hmm. and death and gore and yeah, and blood and stuff. Yeah, it's is a uh, ooh Transformers. Tucky says. If it was done by a proper director rather than he who we not speak of. What what Rob yes. means is, yes, but I'm horribly bitter. Yes. Basically. <laughs> uh, I can approve that translation. Re- <laughs> <laughs> I'd accept that if I didn't hate him so much. <laughs> All right. So it, it's basically different sides against each other. Lots of weaponry involved. Yeah. You know. Does there have to be such a thing as human drama in a war movie? It makes it better. Costas. It makes it... I mean, if there's loads of people killing each other, it'd be like Transformers, you don't really care. It's just a load of explosions and mm. well, uh, I, relative blood and guts and stuff. But if there's drama there, you care if there's blood and guts. So mm. I think, yeah, drama is important. I okay. think the, the perfect example is uh, you mentioning uh, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park, Vampire Hunter. Yes, um, that one. And... Uh, <laughs> Crawling in my vampire skin um, uh, because he was jumping across horses and doing this and the other. And you just didn't care for him. I just at didn't all. think he was ever going to fall. There was no sort of gambit on that. Exactly, exactly. So boring. you have to you have to characterize these people. The recent Walking Dead. There's one character which isn't very characterized. If you get what I mean, isn't uh, very deep. Really, isn't yeah. very deep at all. He's mm. just kind of there in the background, and, and he gets eaten, and, and he's done, and it's gone within ten yeah. seconds. And it's like, where is he? Oh, he's dead. All right, okay. Anyway, move on. Uh, just and to quickly is, point yeah. out to Rob Curtis, Saving Private Ryan wasn't a battle; it was multiple battles as part of a war. Right. Yeah, it was the Second World War, the sort yeah. of later days, of it wasn't it? Uh, but yeah. they, they went through multiple battlefields yeah. to find him. Band of Brothers as War. Yeah. Band of Brothers as War, Rob Curtis says, Saving Private Ryan is battle movie. Well, well I think there's lots of yeah. crossover there. Battles yeah. are just parts of a war. Yeah. Well, it's the D-Day landings, and then obviously they move inland and... Uh, Go through different take, battlefields, uh, meet different... Bastogne, yeah. and then, yeah. So it is all part of a war. Um, the reason why I asked about the human drama bit is... Uh, yeah. How d- one of the things that struck me was that war movies are very much a reflection of the time, but you know, how do they reflect the time period they were made? Oh, well, I, I think now we're going into big cinematic things. As of the 90s, from Titanic onwards, yeah. really, with big, big budget cinematic war movies mm. like Saving Private Ryan, everything even down to 
uh, well, just think about Enemy at the Gates. They had Stalingrad that was yeah. absolutely yeah. massive. And it's, it's all polished and very, very sleek and sexy and dirty and gritty. Whereas, think about uh, Great Escape, Bridge Over the River about, Kwai. I was about to mention uh, Great Escape and Bridge Over the River Kwai and, and all that type of ilk of 1960s, was it? I think yeah. it's 50s, 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 yeah. 50s 60s, you've 70s had... movies. You've, you've, you've really got uh, British upper class um, actual uh, systems and they're, they're working and, and yeah, they're yeah. working. And it's, it's about day-to-day politics and escaping. Uh, it's like, your German is very good. Why, thank you. Oh, run, quick, <laughs> etc. <cetera. laughs> I mean, the thing is, during the 80s, to, yeah, it was I, all kind of Rambo instead. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. So Rambo's the 80s... A, Rambo's a cool one, maybe. 80s, you've got Rambo, you've got Apocalypse Now, you've got, you know, all of those type of uh, Platoon, gory, Platoon was gory in the 80s as psycho well. movies. But obviously, between then, you had Vietnam. Yeah. Which yeah. was still in the consciousness. You, you say that, but Vietnam movies are a curious thing because I think before you films like Apocalypse Now, yeah, they were basically films where like trumpet blowing propaganda. Yeah, I mean all, all of those all, all of those old World War Two movies that you see on uh, that you see on TV, which we'll get to in a bit when we talk about television. Yeah. Uh, they're all very kind of they're all very sanitized and very kind of pro Western. If it, we had yeah. no broadcast and rules, I'd quote a certain Team America song in this section. That's America. The Go, yes. Yes, that's yes. the sort of politics you get in those sort of very old-fashioned war movies. Well, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if I'd fully agree with that. I'd, I'd say that the older movies were more genteel because they are 20 years plus. No, they are 10 years, 20 years after the fact of all these thousands yeah. and millions of people died horribly in yeah. horrible whereas conditions. Whereas the Vietnam whereas were only a few years after. Yeah. Well, no, what, what I mean is by then we'd kind of developed a taste for gore. Yeah. Well, there is that, but I also think you've, some, you've uh, gone out to something else there. Is, it, is there a point where it's too soon to do a, a, a movie about a war? How too long, many people have died? How long after Hiroshima and Nagasaki did Grave of the Fireflies come oh, out? Oh, that's a very long time, but there was, I don't think actually there's a movement of that. Well, it was and, very and rare because nobody had the nerve. It, it, it was, no, no, and, it, and in no, fact... You're talking about Barefoot again, not two, Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, well, two seconds. They, yeah. They, they, I believe there, there was this, a, a very strong culture in Japan of not mentioning or kind of talking about yeah. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Well, the, the, author, the author of Barefoot Gen, the guy who made the comics, yes. he actually risked becoming a complete social outcast in Japan, and that's a huge thing in Japanese culture, yeah. by writing about his experiences of being one of the survivors of yeah. Hiroshima. What the Japanese tended to do was... They do the sci-fi route where they take the issues of the time yeah. and put it in a fantastical world. Whereas in the well, war, they took the war, the issues of the war, and then plonked Godzilla in. That's what, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Godzilla, or it was, uh, you know, uh, in the West it was called Star Blazers, but it's actually uh, Yamato, uh, the cartoon series, um, Space Battleship Yamato. It was all very much a reflect uh, uh, their re- reflections on World War Two. Yeah, that's a, a weird very thing about pro Japan. Taking the Godzilla, going back to Godzilla, though, it's such a strange thing. The first one was about nuclear guilt, and then like nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. Oh, shut up, <laughs> nuclear! I lend him the headphones, and he still takes the who are the way I talk. What sort of grit? Yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, Godzilla, it was about World War Two guilt, and then after that, they basically made him a superhero without the cape. Yeah, it's just like a weird <laughs> yeah. thing. Godzilla versus Mothra, and Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. 
Mecha Godzilla awesome. versus King Kong and Mecha King Kong. There's so many of them. Godzilla versus Mega Barbara Streisando. Barbara Streisando. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I love the interpretation of Japanese of, of American and Western English words yeah. into Japanese, like pants, pantsu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steaker <laughs> is steak. Yes. Steaker. Yeah, and et cetera. But it's fantastic, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Kind of stumbled across the next question there, though. Yeah. How, How have we changed, changed over the years? Which, uh, well, they have become more graphic rather well, than gory. I'd say more I, graphic. I think another way of... Well, I won't say graphic. I mean, yes, they are graphic, but it's not really about the war in movies yeah. these days. Because uh, yeah, Apocalypse is now... Well, taking it more contemporary, uh, a little war movie that I found fascinating was a Korean one called Brotherhood. Yes. That's a beautiful Very Korean movie. movie. And that's not about the war. The war just tends to be happening. It's about two yeah. brothers in the relationship. I think that's Weren't the way... Weren't they on that, either side of a yeah, civil war? it kind of went yeah. all messy. And then they said, all right, my son, my brother's dead, so yeah, I'm going to go over to the north now. And his brother's actually alive, so... And creates this big face-off at the end, very dramatic. Yeah. And I think that's what war movies do now. It's about the drama. Like, uh, The Hurt Locker isn't about Iraq. It's yeah. about the guy who's too yeah. he's too wired up to actually go back to normal life. It's about the drama of his life. The war's just there. It's just about yeah. post-traumatic stress, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, totally. Um, well, like... It's funny well, you say it... that, because when you get right down to it, that was... Uh, that whole thing started off with Rambo, First Blood, because yeah, he couldn't yeah. leave the Vietnam the Vietnam War. It was still part of him. He well, couldn't he, leave he, it behind. He'd left it, but people wouldn't leave him, so he kind of stabbed him in the face with a big knife. No, but, I mean, that was, beca- <laughs> that was because... I mean, it was, I still think First Blood, Rambo, First Blood, was one of Stallone's, uh, and uh, our sympathies do go out to him for the loss of his son. Oh, that's quite recent, that, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah, uh, very tragic. But I still think... His, fir- his first two roles as Rambo and Rocky, uh, as John Rambo in the very first First Blood movie and as Rocky Balboa in the very first Rocky, I still think they're his best roles. I've got to throw Copland in there. That's a really interesting Oh, Copland film. was brilliant. Yeah. Where he- Copland was excellent. Yeah, Copland is a 1990 sort of uh, police procedural thing where it's a city where everybody is a cop and there's some nasty things yeah. going down and Sylvester Stallone is the cop investigating the cops. Yeah. It's wow. a very good film. He plays an overweight deaf policeman. Is he deaf? I haven't seen yeah, him Yeah, he's deaf in Copland. Uh, mm. it's, that's why I thought it was really good. Anyway, um, moving on. I think it's time for a song there. Tell you what, quick pick of the geek. Your yep. favourite war movie. Oh, that's really difficult because it's an entire genre of yeah. personally good All right, movies. your top three then. Well, I'll go first and play it easy. Uh, okay. It's the new one from the guy who did Brotherhood. It's called My My Way. Yeah, yeah. And it's just as beautiful as his last film, really. Yeah. I'm really interested in him as a director. Uh, and then Hurt Locker, you have to, really. Yeah. Mm. And uh, third, let's say Barefoot Gen, because that movie made me cry like a newborn Bare, baby. Barefoot Gen, yeah. Especially the house scene, if people yeah. know what it means. That is that is hard, that scene. Yeah. I would have to go with uh, Hurt Locker, obviously. Yeah. Jarhead, yeah, which I really enjoyed with Jake. No, 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 uh, and uh, his nuttiness. Uh, and then, oh, I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know beyond that. Uh, uh, there's, there's loads, but they're all kind of on an equal plane of yeah. movies I really like. So, yeah, uh, for me, two of them that are tied together because they're both actually the same movie told from different sides: Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo, Iwo Jima. 
which yeah. I thought was, a, you know, it, it lacked in certain certain areas, but I thought it was a fascinating idea. Yeah. When uh, it's Clint Eastwood, isn't it? When he yeah. did proper movies rather than the shonky, goofy pedals out there. Yeah, do. exactly. Um, uh, I, I'm not. I'll have to go with Barefoot Gen rather than The Hurt Locker because I think Barefoot Gen has a message in there that is universal to everybody. Do you want to just give a quick rundown what Barefoot Gen is? Barefoot Gen, uh, Nakazawa Keiji uh, survived Hiroshima. He was six years old, and him and his mother dug out the remains of their family from the ruins of their house. Wow. It's the story of... This is a true his, story. It's his recollections of surviving Hiroshima and coming to terms with what happened and finding hope again, hope, the hope to live again. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. It is a very bleak subject matter, but it is, there's optimism there. There's yeah. hope in there, which makes it watchable. Um, but it's a, it's a harrowing experience. But number one, I'd have to say, and I'm surprised you guys, that you didn't mention this at least, Phil, Star yep. Wars. <laughs> Very fair point. Star Wars is a proper political war movie. Yeah. No matter it's, how it's bad re- they get. It's a remake of a Japanese movie. Of course it is. It's a remake of a million movies. But <laughs> no, it's Hidden Fortress. It is literally but, a remake of Hidden Fortress yeah. by Kurosawa. But there, are, but there are only four scripts in the entirety of the universe. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Okay, so uh, you're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM and uh, thegeekshow.co.uk. We're on every Monday, 6 till 8. Uh, we'll be coming back into the games section Hey, this is Veronica Taylor. And I'm Ash Ketchum. Geek Show, I choose you! Hiya, guys, and welcome back to the Geek Show on 104.5 FM. Yes, that was uh, the lovely Ellen Mc... Uh, no, uh, Veronica Taylor. Veronica Taylor, who is Nico Robin, and, of course, Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. Uh, we're coming into the games section, and, uh, yeah, with the Geek Show, the UK's only live FM geek radio show. Hello! Hey. Yes. Um, Dirty nerds. Yeah. What sort of gaming war do you prefer? Oh, right. Depends on your ass, doesn't it? It's quite a a broad question. I mean, do you prefer, like, fantasy warfare or sci-fi warfare? 40K. Actual tabletop gaming. Tabletop gaming warfare. Tabletop gaming. uh, Or do you just prefer a a quiet game of chess? Role-playing. Less of that, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, <laughs> yeah, and that game too. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Obviously, you've got uh, the the main ones are you've got video games. So you've got or FPSs, which are first person shooters, which are things like Call of Duty, yes. Medal, uh, Medal mm. of Honor. Uh, you've got RTSs, which are real time strategy games, yes, such as Command and Conquer, World of Tanks, all of those type of ones. Total War. Total War. Um, uh, you've got civilizations. You've like got that. your tabletop games like uh, chess. Would you just Warhammer 40k? Yeah. Uh, Risk. Risk. Yeah. People Very always forget about Risk. Ooh, yeah. Um, and then what else you got? So tabletop, you got uh, you know D and D esque style stuff. That's individual adventuring as opposed to war. Yeah. So I think we can discount that. Well, I think uh, I mean, what if you had to sit down and play a particular war game, maybe by yourself or with your mates? Yeah. Uh, if it, if you were by yourself, what type of game would you prefer? Oh, to war? personally, personally, I know, I know I'm middle of the road here, but I do enjoy Call of Duty. Personally, I enjoyed. Battlefield 2, which is a, you literally play one team against another in a giant map on a giant world, and what you're doing is you work in a command structure. So you have to have an engineer, you have to have a sniper, you have to have all the individual classes, and a commander 
who will tell you to go places and do things uh, Ghost, for it to work properly. Ghost Recon works by the same rules as well. What do you think of... Uh, Ghost Recon is tiny in comparison. Okay. It, it, yeah. is, it is, oh, I've got a guy, you've got a guy. It's multiplayer experience where everybody has to pull their own weight mm. or you're ineffective as a team. Okay, that's fine. What about you, Rob? Uh, if you asked me about five years ago, I'd have probably said uh, Call of Duty uh, yeah. real-time ones, but yeah. now I'm not so sure because of the whole fascination with online gaming. Okay. Mm. I just don't like online gamers, to be honest. Can't be old-fashioned, but if I'm going to play like a game, I want to be sat next to the person I'm playing it against. So if it's going bad, I can elbow him in the, in the nose or something. You know. <laughs> oh, that's a bit violent. Um, so, so you, extending to your living room. Yes, well, what about... To be honest, I don't want to get smack talk from 12-year-olds in America. Oh my God, you noob! You noob! Shut up. Yeah. That's what mute's for. To, to be, be honest, honest, sci-fi. Because Mass Effect is a total war game. And just that thing where it can be about two sides trying to murder each other. But you can do something... Imagination's the limit. You can do anything you want. Yeah. I'm not liking fantasy. Sci-fi sci is more up my alley. Okay. Uh, Jacob Afro guy's saying Team Fortress 2 is more of a battle game, so I'd probably say chess. Uh, I've got to be yep. honest. If it, I mean, if I'm just, if it's just me, I prefer real-time strategies. What like? Um, come on. I mean, there was one that I really enjoyed playing, which was Total, uh, Total can, Annihilation Kingdoms. Can I just say this? You're not allowed to mention Eve anymore, so don't even bother. Eve. Ah, don't, hang on. I'm talking about by myself. Uh, there was one that I enjoyed playing called Total Annihilation Kingdoms, which was kind of the fantasy version of Total Annihilation. Right. And Total Annihilation is kind of a, a, it's a, an, a copy of Command & Conquer, if we're honest. But the thing I liked about Total Annihilation Kingdoms was you had these little mind control uh, things then you could steal your uh, steal your opponent's uh, like builders. Age of, Age of Empires, you could get a priest to go woolaloo, and it would turn them from red to blue, and you'd be like, yes. Yeah, you could steal Fine. your opponent's builders, and then you could build their stuff as well as your stuff. Yep, and I like that. But uh, generally, I prefer real-time strategies, active war, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, uh, my favourites are still the Total War series. Because I, uh, the first time I played, um, what was it? What, what was the game? first game in uh, the Total War series? It was the Samurai one. I don't know. Uh, I've forgotten the name. Shogun War. Shogun Total War. The first time I played Shogun Total War, and it was the first time I'd ever actually come across a real-time strategy that relied on the work of Sun Tzu. All right. You know, you actually had to be, I, I had to have some sort of familiarity with the art of war in order to play the game properly. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant. Well, the one I really preferred real-time strategy-wise was a game that I only ever played a couple of levels of and loved. It's like literally when I was far too young. It was called A Bridge Too Far. Ah, yes. It was one of the first RTSs I ever picked mm. up. And it was, it was a proper World War II RTS. Yeah. And it was great. Thing is, I grew up playing chess, so yeah. it's probably uh, it, it's it's probably because I like playing chess that I like that I prefer RTSs to first-person shooters. I did like Medal of Honor, though. I thought Medal of Honor was really good. Medal of Honor was great. I I really feel yeah. bad that uh, Call of Duty overtook it. Really. Well, Medal of Honor had a much stronger storyline for me than Call of Duty ever did. Yeah, first massive three. feminist overtones. It was. 
it was really good for what it did, whereas Call mm. of Duty is just... <laughs> war. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, which, to you, then, better represents war? A first-person shooter or a real-time strategy? Personally, the first-person shooter goes you way in the neck of it. You get By, into, the, yeah. into the chaos of it. Whereas it RTS is, they're a bit detached. They're a bit clinical. And it depends if like, you're English upper class or you're... Or you're uh, Thick grunty type because well, because it okay, because you'll either you, get you'll either get to deal with one or the other if you go to war. You'll be, thank you, Phil. You'll be either throwing pawns into the into the mash, or or you'll be uh, you'll be carrying a gun and running into mud and blood soaked death. Yes, are you wall fodder or are you a general? Yep, I go for war fodder. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd I'd enjoy that. Actually, no, it's modern day, so it's cannon fodder now. That was a great war game, cannon fodder. I get, the, I, get the, I get the fire of the guns and stuff. You what about, just sit in a stuffy office getting what, bored. What about Carmageddon? Uh, a, a one man's war. war against sheep and old ladies. <laughs> worms, then. There you go. There's a war oh, game. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes, yeah, Worms. Good call. Yeah, Worms was a really good war game. Yeah. Now, cannon fodder was great because you had like a but, team of four uh, but, top down. Worms was a kind of... Cross point, wasn't it? Yeah. Between it wasn't quite a strategy game, but it wasn't quite a, a proper shooty game. Yeah, it was I sort know. of the middle point between two, so it's best of both worlds. Uh, sorry, you preferred FPSs as well, did you, Phil? Yes, I did. Um, I I started with Call of Duty, which uh, at my college at the time there was a copy of it on the server that you could download to any PC, and we ran. Uh, a server through the network <coughs> during lunch hours, which was great. I really got into it, started making recommendations and got invited on to the beta team for mm. United Offensive. Uh, then this was on the beta team for the open beta team for um, COD 2, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Then when 4 came out, Modern Warfare, apparently I was still on the list. Within 10 minutes of me getting the CD key, I went, oh, hey, guys, do you want to play COD 4 oh, on the internet? And uh, and it got leaked that loads of people had got my CD key, and I got banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. I think but, that was a turning point, yeah. though, wasn't it, COD 4? COD yeah. 4 as a game was, was fascinating, yeah. but it kind of... No, COD 4 was World at War. No, it was wasn't. It, it was yeah. Modern Warfare. No, Call of Duty 4 was World well, Modern War. Warfare is the one I'm referring to. Yeah. yeah. But that was kind of the, the peak of these games and since yeah. then it's just kind of been getting silly and yeah. over the yep. top and the caricature of itself yeah because call of duty 1 2 and 3 you can get in a trilogy pack and then call of duty 4 was world at war call of duty 5 technically is modern warfare no i don't know about that i know my games trust me <coughs> okay all right anyway no uh, as we've established i prefer real-time strategies but i have to say the closest i've been in to actual you know, the closest I've been to actual kind of, I suppose you'd say proper kind of multiplayer yeah. combat is in EVE. Really? Oh, because, we well, the thing is, because, uh, because it's, a, it's an MMO. Back in my day. Because it's an MMO, and you're all in different ships, and your ships have different, ab different abilities, different tasks. You could be in a triage ship, so you're responsible for repairing other people's ships. You could be in uh, just an attacker, so you've got minimum defense. It's all guns blazing. All those sorts of things. And you have a fleet commander, you have the, your sub-commanders, you 
get to primary targets, you do all sorts of things like that. You know, um, mm. I like that because it's a very structured approach to play uh, PvP combat or multiple PvP combat, small gang warfare. They okay. Call it. Anyway, pick of the geek. Yes, pick of the geek. Your favorite war game. Uh, Paintball. Your top, your top three war games. Paintball. Paintball. It covers all three because it's just such amazing fun. I pretend to be Solid Snake when I did it when I was a kid. Best <laughs> time I had in years. Did you Did you wear the bandana? Uh, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> oh. I just thought, you know what, there's loads of people coming in. I'm going to hide behind this train and go over there and they go over here. I won. Yep. Yes. Best war game. Totally. Hands down. Other than airsofting. I haven't played it. It's like uh, Paintball. Pea shooters but... on CO2. <laughs> Never played it, no. so I couldn't judge, really. It's very good. It's like paintball, but everyone takes it seriously. <laughs> okay, that doesn't sound fun at all. It's actually really good. People taking stuff seriously is shorthand for it's going to be really annoying. <laughs> and hurt. Yeah. How about you, Phil? Uh, Call of Duty. Have to. Have to. I, 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 I know I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but you really have to go for it. It is good fun. I would say uh, I would say TF2, but as uh, Jacob Africa points out, it's more of a battle game than a war game. Yeah. Um, for me, I've got to say Risk. Mm. I, I like Risk against other people. You know, when you're actually playing it against other people. But, yep. you know, playing, playing alone, uh, I don't know. Okay. Right. Very interesting cross-section there. Yeah. Hi there, I'm Robert Rankin, and you're listening to The, the Geek Show. Oh, yes. Hi, guys, and welcome back to The Geek Show 104.5 FM and thegeekshow.co.uk, where you can get our downloads, our interviews with Ash from Pokemon, uh, Vegeta, uh, ooh, GLaDOS, Professor Elemental... Uh, the guys from 2000 AD, the guys from Valve, uh, absolutely all sorts of things on thegeekshow.co.uk. Yes. yes. Talking uh, TV now. TV. Right. Uh, we had Band of Brothers mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, there's not many TV shows about war, though. I mean, okay, obviously, Battlestar Galactica was about the war between Cylons and humans. And okay. then you got, like, Sharp. You know, Sharp's Eagle and stuff like that, which was about the war Star against Trek? Napoleon. It's Star Trek wasn't really Bog. about a war. Yeah, but it wasn't really about there was a war. There was a war in it, though. There yeah. was a war. The, yeah, there was There was several kind of war. Deep Space Nine was more, uh, you know, the later seasons of Deep Space Nine against the Dominion were yeah. more about the war, but not against the Borg. Okay. Uh, so that, that's quite a lot so far. Well, no, you can't, like, one, two, three. Firefly. Firefly was after a war. Okay. Still war. Um, Still there. Farscape? Farscape? SG-1. SG-1. War with the ghoul and the replicators. Yeah. Uh, let's All have right. a quick think. Um, yeah, it's absolutely loads. Really? Yeah, I really think so. But aren't the disproportionate number of the ones that we're naming to do with sci-fi? What about, what about Walking Dead? What about Sopranos? Turf War? Yeah. Does that count? <laughs> Take that as a no, then. <laughs> no. Okay. Are there any kind of traditional kind of war? Uh, Dad's Army. Dad's Army? Yeah, Dad's oh, Army. Well done, Tucky. You are dealing Mr. Hitler. Is it, though? Hitler the war was kind of going on, you know, over there in the background somewhere, and we're just out here doing our hilarious skits. Yeah. No. <laughs> Tenko, Tucky says. 
Tenko was good. Yeah, Tenko was good. He's got a point with that one. Um, I don't know. I, I'm having difficulty thinking of others. More I, than those 20 we've already... We haven't mentioned 20. We're on about eight. All right, okay. Okay, so, so, so there, so there is point? a distinct lack. Um, it kind of ties in with the next question. I think there's scope for shows about war on TV. Uh, I, I'd like to see kind of EastEnders during wartime. It would have been much funnier watching East, sorry, much more entertaining watching EastEnders during the Blitz, for yeah. example. What about ooh, Doctor Who? Doctor Who? Maybe not so that. much now, but in its first run. Yeah. yeah. Because it was very much a war against the Daleks. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And you've got the Time War. Yeah, but that's only referred to. It's never actually. He's yeah. never actually involved in the in the Time War. You know. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of things in Doctor Who when they talk about war against this, war against that. Now it's by inference. They never actually show it. Whereas with Band of Brothers, you know, they actually showed there the war was, with Sharp. They actually showed very battles involved in the war. Spiritual successor to Band of Brothers, whose name's just not the Pacific. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It was same people, wasn't it? Yeah. Creators, yeah. Producers yeah. and that. It's um, and apparently it was rubbish. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Band I of Brothers, loved Bands of Brothers. Band of Brothers was brilliant. Um, it's one of the best war TV shows I've seen. It's not a big list, though, is it? As no, it's not a big list as oh, we've yeah. established. I, I, do you think there is actually scope for more of that? More well-told stories about war? Of course. But it'll all be related back to, as long as it's Second World War, it'll always be related back to Band of Brothers, which, in fact, was related to the sort of chic sexiness of uh, Saving Private Ryan's. Yeah. MASH. Good one. What? Yes. Mash. Mash. Mash? It actually yes. run longer than the war itself. It was yeah, about Vietnam, yeah. Wow. Suicide is painless. Yeah. Suicide is painless. Yes. Yeah, Mash had a brilliant cast, though. It did, and it was directed by the brilliant Robert Altman. Yeah. Who can do no wrong, frankly. Oh, Mash was, Mash was a great series. If you haven't watched Mash, then give it a try. Mm, yeah, it's ever the ones where they start dropping characters and replacing yeah. the faces, and I hate when they do that on shows. Yeah, this is true. Well, yeah, um, okay. Kind of leads into the next question. Yeah, daytime TV. Yep. Right. They always show some really old war movie. Why? Because there was a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know. Because they're cheap. I think it's kind of like westerns. Our westerns. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all you need for westerns is a field, some horses, and some guns. Yeah. And so, <laughs> amazingly, the new, uh, what do you call the film, the new yep. Garvabinsky Lone Ranger film is going to cost $250 million. Don't know how they've how? done that. Horses you, aren't that expensive. You just need the big field, that's all you really <laughs> yeah. need. But uh, westerns, I think they're kind of, no, war Home movies, kind of yeah. <laughs> the same, really. You just need a big field, lots of guys, some guns, and some grease. And you don't <laughs> Greece. <laughs> well, just Greece, like economic decline. Yes. So, yes, so they don't ride the horses, they just slide across the field shooting each uh, other. I think I've just accidentally stumbled across a great movie. It's slip and slide the movie. It's awesome. <laughs> how, will we, how will you escape slip and slide? Tucky, with, straight in there with Blackadder. Blackadder goes forth. Oh, amazing. Yes. Good it, call, Tucky. It was he's he's listing a few. He's listing a few. Humbler, Tucky, uh, we'll have to get Tucky sharp, in to talk about TV he, he, war. He's making us look bad. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'll have to write things down so we can no, translate. Do, the word, oh. You know, I, I, was, 
I was trying to find something to watch on TV about a month ago. Just, you know, normal daytime TV. Because uh, I was bored out of my skull. I'd done all of my jobs and I was just sitting at home. And I went through different channels. And one channel had cowboy movie followed by war movie. Followed by cowboy movie. Followed by another war movie. Followed by another war movie. And that was like, you know, seven hours of daytime TV filled up. And it, it just kind of struck me. Is there nothing better? I mean, this is a BBC channel we're talking about, by the way. It's uh, easy. I mean, it's easy viewers, isn't it? If you put something on that's a bit... The thing is, I've never contra- heard of any of these films. Yes, I know, but they're of a certain era where it's maybe thought of as classic war movies, a classic western, so no matter what you do with it, people will watch it. No, there are classic westerns and there are classic war movies, but they're not the ones that they show on TV at that time yes, of the but day. Maybe the cashing in on the legacy of those classic ones. Say, so, you like this, you'll love this one. I mean, <sighs> yeah, Bridge started. Over the River Kwai I'd class as a classic war movie, but. So you don't like Bridge Over the River Time? No. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got to start somewhere. But, I mean, uh, some, of the, some of the pop I've seen on daytime TV are just like. Why are you putting this on? You know, I don't. I, I'd be fine watching Escape to Victory. Dust, dust boots. Was Dust Boot a series? Yeah, it was really long run. Yeah, really. Yeah. I thought Dust Boot was a movie. It was a movie as well. It was both. Right. Oh. I think it was a nine-hour movie or something that was chopped down. <laughs> yes, it was a bit long. The Tudors, Foils War, and maybe even Horrible Histories. Tucky's really showing us up here. Yeah. Say You're really horrible history. That, That's more of a history show. Yeah, I know. Which war was in sometimes. Would you say Power Rangers was a war series? Yes, against Rita. Yeah. Queen of Speed, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you make us sound like a drug dealer. <laughs> Rita, Queen of Speed. Cheapest raps in Middlesbrough. <laughs> right, okay. Just kind of putting a bit of purpose in this discussion. Why do you think there isn't any... War. What is it about war that makes it hard to put on TV in a sort of serialised way? Death? Well, no, because they put, they put, they put these um, war movies on daytime TV, so death really isn't an issue. I wouldn't because say that. Because they're the 1950s. I mean, you have... Saturated. You have, you have the cowboy movies that are on TV. You have, like, gunfights in there and they shoot someone dead. So no, it's kind of really like, oh my, I've been shot, blur, I'm dead. Yeah. That's about as violent as it gets. You're not really... Yeah. I think the reason is because uh, war movies, the successful ones, have to rely on characterisation. If you feel anything when these people die. But if it's start and stop, the very nature of episodes is people might not watch it all, might drip in for one episode, not another. So you've got to feel something for those characters. Hmm. So to have it run over a long period of time, I don't think it kind of... You can't have your cake and eat it. Tell you what, one of the the worst sci-fi war... TV shows I was saying was called Space Above and Beyond and it was it, it, it was well made but the problem was that it didn't do anything it didn't go anywhere with the story Battlestar Galactica at least had them you know fighting against the Cylons and you was know it, there was, was it all the politics was it a mumble car war movie it was just kind of yeah it, it was just a TV show where oh look they're in space they're in fighting ships they're fighting against this enemy what's the point I don't know this enemy I don't know these characters who are you Go away, leave me alone. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that was that was my feelings about it. Uh, it. A lot of the things that a lot of these daytime TV movies 
are of the same thing. I don't know them. I'm just kind of really it's, lukewarm. To be honest, though, daytime TV isn't what isn't normal TV. It's it's special TV that people just use to have in the background as a noise. If you want to watch something that you want to watch, put a DVD on. Keep up with the ages, Rob. You're getting old. Use the internet, mate. Download. <laughs> Legally, please. Legally. Hi, I'm Paul Miley. For... <laughs> no, no, you're not doing That's much better than that one. Yeah. Now, right. Hi, I'm Paul Miley from the MCMS with Greek, and you're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. It was all radio voice up until that point. Hiya, guys. Yes. Welcome back to The Geek Show on 104.5 FM. Every Monday, 6 till 8, and thegeekshow.co.uk. Yeah. Oh, there's loads of stuff going on today. Oh, Tucky, what are you doing? Ross Kemp Ross in Kemp Afghanistan. Ross Kemp in Afghanistan, and then... Uh, for animation, all the Gundams, Code Geass, Summer Wars, Gurren Lagan, Appleseed, Full Metal Panic, and Alchemist. Escaflon, Evangelion, and yes, even Naruto has wars. No, Naruto does not has, have wars. It has handbags at 20 paces. What about... Evangelion does not have wars. What about Avatar? Avatar? Mm, technically, it War doesn't actually have wars. People. It has the fire people conquering everything, but it doesn't really have war. Yeah, of course they are. They're battling back. I'd say even Gellion even counts. They are trying to defeat the uh, giant. See, I would love to see Good Morning Vietnam as an uh, as a cartoon. <laughs> I think yeah. it'd be awesome, especially if you get uh, Robin uh, Williams. Uh, Robin uh, Williams during Sam. his heyday. Robin Williams could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Great Ninja Wars. No, it was awful. And Go it away, wasn't Tucky. that great. Okay, so uh, we are back in the animation section. Yes. Uh, what? Actually, Tucky's made, made a good point by listing those things. Uh, why, are, why is war so often associated with sci-fi and fantasy when it comes to animation? Because I mean, it's easier to kill mindless mooks than it is humans. Well, characterized it's individuals. It's killer. I mean, somebody getting shot with a gun in an animation isn't quite as cool as someone getting shown up with a, a light beam out of a, a hand yeah. maneuver like Dragon Ball. Giant it's robot. not quite as cool, well, is it? Well, that's not really a war in Dragon Ball. Well, I know, but I'm just using it as an example fighting. of what fantasy is and what reality is. Yeah. You have this huge light beam or a gun. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it is. It's much more for the animator, much more for the viewer. I mean, you, people don't watch animation for realism, do they? Yeah. Let's be fair. A uh, 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 slight dispute with you on there, Tucky. Uh, he says basically anything with mecha in has war. Mm. Uh, the battle suits. Well, I, I have to slightly dispute that because uh, Macross deviates a lot from that. Uh, it has mecha in, but it doesn't always have war. Macross Zero, for example, didn't actually... Uh, the war was kind of... Uh, the war was there, but it was very much a periphery to everything else. Right. And Macross, Macross uh, Plus? Is it, no. Was Macross Plus the latest one? Yeah, Macross Plus was the latest one. Who is he talking to? I, I I'm don't know. Thinking. <laughs> thinking. Taxes my brain. Can you not see the steam coming out my ears? I, I, w I would have to say even Gellion counts in my mind by a long way. I, I don't think it counts as, as a war. They're, they're, a they're in a battle city. They're in a battle city, but it's a battle. It's just an ongoing battle. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's a war against... Well, no, because Evangelion never the actually. Angels. They're not. They're not really at war against the angels. They're at war against. They're at war with Gendo. Oh, here we go. Don't oh. get me started on that. To be honest, I think most shonens a war at some point or the other. Yeah, of course. It's even the route. Oh, you might not like it, but there is a war in it. 
No, there isn't. Yep. It's oh. handbags at 20 paces. And that's a wall with handbags in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, handbag wall. <laughs> yeah, handbag wall. Uh, summer Wars, I don't know. I don't think Summer Wars I c- would qualify well, as... What is Summer Wars? Summer Wars is basically, you remember um, War Games it with is. Matthew Broderick? Yeah. It's basically that, the anime version. Basically, a uh, AI takes over uh, Facebook with avatars. And this Facebook with avatars is actually linked to banking systems. And medical and systems like and all sorts of things system. like that. So this AI is actually gobbling up everything. So the best fighters in this world, in this virtual, in this world, virtual yeah. Facebook, go and fight this evil yeah. AI. The yeah. end. Oh, uh, and there's family drama involved as well. Yeah. It's the really, fam- really the good. Family drama is really good. Family um, drama is boring as sin. Fight to the day does me. Yeah, uh, the family drama is really good in some ways. I don't know. It all seems to be relegated to that. By the way, if you if you if you're a fan of Gundam. Give hmm. Legend of Galactic Hero, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, a try, because it's one of the few that I rate highly. Uh, I don't rate Gundams highly or anything like that. Hi, yes, sir, first time listener. Uh, I don't rate I don't rate Gundams and that all that highly because it's really for me Gundam is more a regurgitation of the same idea. Oh look, I'm in a mecca. Nah. But Legend of Galactic Heroes, don't be put off by the art because it is very old. Now and then, right. here and there was really good because it dealt with child soldiers. Uh, that child was, soldiers that was a really big deviation from the norm thing. It's a very interesting concept because yeah. even in animation, you're still dealing with someone's child. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Lean on from that. A lot of these wars are fought by children. Yeah. Whether they're ninjas, pirates, whatever. They're not grown-ups. These yeah. are children killing each other. But this is the thing. Now and then, here and there, actually looked at it from the perspective of, hang on. These are kids it, it fighting this straight. one. Yeah, look yeah, at it straight. Like said, a lot of shonen, it's kids fighting each other and killing each exactly. other. Exactly. But it's, it's approached with a sort of, with a badge pole, really. It's yeah. got a gloss, a, a, a straightness about it. It doesn't approach it like what it really is. One of the other ones that I wanted to mention, though, uh, and this one I, I really enjoyed, uh, was one that I recently watched called Heroic Age, which is, okay. uh, it's by some of the same creators of some of the, Gund- some of the Gundams, but... Uh, Humanity's been driven away from Earth. They're hiding on a planet in the middle of in the middle of the galaxy. Right. That's cut off from everywhere. Only humans know how to get to it. They're being hunted to extinction by um, a, by a group of aliens they call the Silver Tribe, and they are looking for a savior, a human who's given the power of the bullet points, these bullet higher points. aliens. Basically, it's all about the final war that humans fight in the galaxy. Right. As in proper war, as in you're talking like huge ship battles and everything like that. Yeah, well, war, what about Western cartoons? Do we have any Western cartoons that deal with that war? war? I, I would obviously av- say Avatar. They do it with the same gloves on, though, don't yeah. they? Yeah. It's, you know, it's war, but fight of the week war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it okay. is. Uh, can we think of other, in the chat box on thegeekshow.co.uk on the right hand side, can anybody think of any Western cartoons that involve war? Um, I don't know if Samurai Jack counts because Samurai Jack's actually a really good one. Yeah, Samurai, I'd go for that. Samurai Jack is basically really him against the coup. Really need to watch that. From what it's mentioned, it, yeah. it's it's a brilliant series. Gotta love Jack as a character. Um, he he is the epitome of the nameless wandering samurai. Yeah, 
No. Well, well, what about this? As, Toshiro as, Mifune, nobody better. What about this as a, a question to pose? Um, is there still room for cartoons and anime like Grave of the Fireflies? Oh, Barefoot Gen. Was yeah, there ever room again? Yeah, um, they, are, they are. For people that haven't seen them, if you want a good cry, watch Grave of the Fireflies. It is literally the most horrific and terrible yeah. thing I've ever watched in my life. Honestly, it, think Barefoot Gen is better. Barefoot Gen is, is better. It worse? It, it, it's more harrowing. The, the thing is, Grave of the Fireflies was... It's a uh, Ghibli film. It's semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's a lot of it that... Well, the different, I think you point out the difference here. Barefoot Gen is about the bombing of Hiroshima. Yep. Uh, Grave of the Fireflies is about the firebombing of Tokyo. No, it's Kobe. Oh, Kobe. Is yeah. it? The firebombing of Kobe. But either or, it's still... I didn't know that. Um, they're very different films. They're very different films. Be- Grave of the Fireflies, the opening to Grave of the Fireflies is brilliant. It's one of the most powerful openings I've seen yeah. in anime. Um, but the problem with Grave of the Fireflies is that a lot of the people who w- watch it automatically assume that, oh, you know, this could never happen because yeah. it's a cartoon. Whereas with Beth, uh, and because I, of that... I don't know. I don't know. Because just bringing it kind of back, a li- back yeah. one step is like Rambo. Uh, you've got Apocalypse now. You've got all these yeah. type of brutal, maddening live-action movies that are nuts, right? Turkey's but, out. You don't, but you don't feel bad about it. Yeah. You don't feel bad about these people dying. They, they're just mindless mooks that are getting yeah. Yeah. gone down. Uh, Whereas really? Grave of the Fireflies is, is children actually dying and watch them horribly die of cholera and things. I, I think yeah. Yeah. But it's it, that, it really gets to thing is, It's that contrast because we are... There's a part of us that always associates animation with it being for kids. Well, just to relate to that, I think, kind of related to that, you can do more with animation. You can yeah. represent what war was really like. Yeah. So it's animation, but it's realist animation. You won't see something like Grave of the Fireflies where people melt in a live-action but film because you just think, oh, crikey, there's yeah. people melting. You won't stop and think what that actually means. Whereas in Barefoot Gen, you actually get that That's what graphic That's what thing. Because from Gen's perspective, people literally turn into monsters in an instant. Melt, basically. And because that, that's because they're melting in front of him. Mm. You know. Um, but it's one of the reasons why Barefoot Gen is... Uh, Grave but, but the there's two films of Barefoot Gen. Yeah, Barefoot Gen 2 is... It's it, a follow-on. It's, it's basically follow-on. a two-piece thing. Just, yeah. just for anybody that's just tuned in, we're not always this... This dark. Uh, we were talking about a very dark subject. We're talking about war this week. Yeah. Um, we we do talk about. Uh, we have news at the beginning. Movies, games, television, animation. We're going into the graphics literature section in a minute. And then we have a roundtable where we shout at each other. We do music as well. Um, this is a very very dark and mm. personal thing for for um, you know people because war is death. War is is a horrible horrible thing to go through. And I think. Animation has done a very, very good job, better than films, I would say, better than live-action films, of describing the harrowing effects of it. Because I feel the movies I've seen that are animated really make you feel more because they can get away with stuff yeah. that pyrotechnics yeah. and sci-fi effects there's, wouldn't do. Well, here's CGI the thing. effects couldn't right. do even. There's, there's this thing here in the West, especially when, we get, when we're dealing with movies. They don't... I, the last time I saw a good movie that had a child in the lead role, a good war movie that had a child in the lead role, and the effects of war on that child was Empire of the Sun. Aliens. Uh, no, not aliens. <laughs> I Empire of the Sun. 
Uh, Aliens is about war. Aliens is a war movie. No, no. Yeah, Yeah, is it's a war movie? Aliens is a war movie. Yeah, it's It's total war movie. It's an action movie about war. war. Oh my god, he's making rules and breaking them all over here. Alien is a haunted house movie. Aliens, Aliens is, is a war movie. Is a, is okay, a war movie. fair enough. Alien Three is a prison movie. Alien Four is rubbish. <laughs> doesn't Loved exist. It. Loved it. Doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> okay. No. Okay. The last time the, that the West actually had a child in kind of the lead role was Empire of the Sun, and I am accurate in saying that because it came out after Aliens. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Empire of the Sun. And a young Christian Bale. Yeah, young Christian Bale wow. played the lead role. And the, way, the thing is, it's something that the West always shies away from. And I don't think it's something that we... I don't think it shies away from it. I just don't think there's any good child actors that could do it. And if you can't do it properly, it just seems fake and cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of kills I the suppose. whole point of it. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really, really dark subject, and I, I feel we're going round in circles. All right, quick pick of the geek, then. Okay. Your, your favourite, and this is open to you guys on Twitter, Yeah. except maybe Tucky, who's mentioned everything. Uh, <laughs> your favourite uh, cartoon about, or anime about war. I really, really enjoyed Grave of the Fireflies, if that's a word. I, I haven't been touched in that way by a movie in a long time, because it really, really hurt me. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you're a bad way. person. Yeah, you're a bad person. Um, and you're then, a horrible, obviously, horrible person, Rob. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Avatar. Avatar was great. Uh, this is not the Cora. Yeah, the Airbender. Not the Cameron one. No, not no, the Cameron. The Airbender. Not not uh, Pocahontas Smurf. Okay. Pocahontas go Smurf. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself, Rob? Um, come back to me in a second. Rob, too. Honestly, you don't really have one, to be honest, because you say favourite, you can't really have a favourite movie about suffering. But uh, I suppose Barefoot Gen is an obvious, easy answer, but yeah. it's because it's an all-time classic of the genre. Yeah, it okay. is. Rob, we have to bring it back to you before we wrap yes, up for this uh, section. Yes, wrapping up. Uh, since you go, you've mentioned Barefoot Gen, you've mentioned Grove of the Fireflies, I'm yep. going to go with something that I absolutely love. It, it is a classic and it's much better than any of the movies that uh, any of the recent three movies are, oh. and whatever the other one is that's going to be in space. Brace yourself. Transformers the movie. Transformers the movie. Ooh. Uh, everyone cried. Which is literally a war. Uh, Autobots versus Decepticons. It is just war. That's all it is. Okay. No, I, I'd agree with that. Okay. Hi, this is Gus Sirola from Rich Teeth Productions, creative Red versus Blue, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Hey, I love a bit of Red versus Blue myself. Yes. Oh, brilliant web series that was. And, and you about even war. do. About what? About war. Yeah. See that yes. thing there? I did that on purpose, honest. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was Origa. Uh, we were really cool. Welcome back to the Geek Show. Uh, yeah, you know where we are because you're obviously listening in now, aren't you? Yeah. Aren't you? Aren't yeah. you? Uh, next week, obviously, we're going to be having uh, the Animex Attacks. Anime Attacks. Anime Attacks. Oh, you did it again. <laughs> it's stuck in my head. The Anime Attacks special, which we recorded live on Saturday, uh, which was really cool. We got some people in the chat box that were actually there. So, yeah, it was really good. Uh, if you're interested, get all your friends listening next week, 6 till 8. Uh, and the best part is we can have next Monday off because we've already recorded doesn't mean that we need to do loads of editing and whatnot. You're ruining the magic of radio. Shh. Oh, wait, no, no, it's perfectly live from an event that happened on Saturday. I've got a question for Tucky. 
Tucky, How go. is Optimus Prime going to be at Sunderland Airshow this weekend? What? Optimus Prime is going to be at Sunderland Airshow? And an Optimus truck. <laughs> oh. Not quite the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're back into the graphic literature section. Yes. For all you turbo nerds out there. Uh, yeah, discussion with war. Um, why did war comics die out in the West? See, this is an interesting one because yeah. recently Marvel did Civil War, didn't okay. they? Yeah. Which was basically the big clash between the heroes uh, about the hero registration and stuff like that, which was, I believe was an offshoot of the mutant registration thing that yeah. Marvel introduced for X-Men. Yeah. And I liked Civil War. I thought Civil War was a brilliant idea yeah. because you had heroes announcing who their secret identities were. You had them on both sides of the fence. Some were for the act and some were against it. And so they ended up clashing with each other. So, And there's not... For me, there's a certain thing when a hero fights a hero because they both think they're right. You know, it adds a certain romance to well, a particular with Su- story. It's like Superman is yeah. is uh, is lawful good. Yeah. Now, lawful good depends on his interpretation of the law. Of the law. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why I thought Civil War actually works. But prior to Civil War, there wasn't really anything uh, from the mid '80s onwards. Ooh. That's raised another question. Yeah. Lawful good and lawful evil. The only difference is interpretation. Yeah. There's only lawful, chaotic, and neutral. There's nothing. Exactly. There's only morality. Exactly. Um, mm. Which we will talk about on a different show. Okay, Don't that get, sounds good. <laughs> Don't worry. But yeah, war comics. There used to be all these war, war comics. I mean, Sergeant Fury and the, uh, yeah. and the whatever, uh, that group of soldiers that he used to run with when during Captain America's day. Uh, Sergeant Fury and the Wild Bunch, I think it was. Yeah. Then you had Sergeant Rock. You had Marvel tried launching a series in 1987 called The Nam, which was also published in this Punisher comic as well. Uh, yep. These are the kind of comics. I mean, these are the kind of war comics that have really died out. You don't see them anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, the, we used to do them in this country as well. We used to do like uh, whatever annual tornado annual or something like that. It was all very much war comics. <clears throat> They've gone. Wars what happened to them? War. Yep. Yeah, war is in traditional war. What happened my dad, to them? My dad used to read uh, comic annuals and stuff like this in the 70s, and uh, there were a lot of like boys football ones and boys war oh, ones yeah, and yeah. stuff like this, and, and there isn't any. There is not I any. Th- I think it's because the audience changed. They want something more fantastical and romantic and escapist rather than, you know... War and football. Well, people said they didn't want war gaming because that's what old men played on tabletops. Yeah, back in the back in the nineteen hundreds, it's now been relaunched got... as forty k and yeah, everything like that. And yeah. now it's suddenly well, it's cool pa- to play it. It's packaging, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But it doesn't mean it's the same, not the same thing. Oh no, but it's the packaging. Yeah, it's just a war. It's just with super beings who shoot beams out of their hands. But is, it's you know, changed. Do you think? Do you think there's scope in there for? You know, do you think there's scope in modern comics? Is there room in modern comics Absolutely. for kind of traditional war stories? I, I think for accessibility reasons, I think it'd be yeah. better a, a war web comic. Possibly, but yeah. It, 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 for, to, to take on such a grand, uh, take on such a grand subject, they have to be done properly. Like, um, think of all the, uh, what is it, the Tom Clancy books and yeah. all of those. Those are war books and they are books yeah. because they are serious business for serious people uh, whereas graphic literature once again has been interpreted as not 
Yeah. Uh, the only people that have seen past that are people like Frank Miller and, you know, people that are actually showing real stories. Mm. Uh, Neil Gaiman. My, Man, his yeah. graphical Frank Miller's terrible. Uh, obviously, we, we... Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Obviously, um, Neil Gaiman's just announced that he will be bringing... Sandman back to life. Yes, uh, in obviously, 2013. Yep, 2013. The last series had finished. It had been done. It's set for the very, very first episode that uh, Morpheus does something that he wouldn't usually yeah. against his character completely. And that is explored in the new series, apparently. Which uh, <laughs> sounds interesting. Yep. But, yeah, I'm... Warring comics... This, the thing is, the, one of the things that bugs me about the lack of traditional war in comics uh-huh. is that war has spawned a lot of very, very good literature, a lot of very, very good poetry, a yeah. lot of extremely good art, and a lot of extremely good artists. Lord of the Rings. You know, it, a lot of things were born, from, born out of war. And it's, to me, there's, there's this, it seems a shame that comic artists, and I think you're right when you say that it should be done as a webcomic to make it more accessible. I think it's comic artists are really selling themselves short by ignoring such a grand subject. But then again, you know, is that part of the whole comics ethos? Is that part of the industry, part of the game you have to play to get into the industry, to make it in the industry? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be good at superheroes and nothing else. Deadpool. I'd love to see Deadpool in in a war setting. Deadpool would be uh, brutal in a war setting. Yeah. It would not be funny, and I wouldn't want to watch that because Deadpool is a merc through and through. He is a mercenary. He is a very good mercenary. Yeah. And in such a, a, a stark and dramatic, dark setting, Deadpool doesn't work. He lightens the tone. You know what I mean? But then, I mean, Cable was a soldier. Nick yeah, Fury was yeah. a soldier. All of these characters that are in Marvel Comics or in DC Comics that uh, have been soldiers. Yeah. Optimus Prime truck gets revved up for UK. Mm. Hmm. Tuggy's just posted that up on... Uh, ah. The... Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but, yeah. Where was they? Yeah, soldiers. There's a lot of soldiers. Captain America is a soldier. He's a super soldier. Well, there's, I really love that. Uh, Captain America's met two gods... And he's still Christian. Uh, <laughs> and then Tony Stark has met two gods and uh, he's still atheist. atheist. And the Hulk's met two gods and beat the crap out of both of them. <laughs> Pardon my language there. Apologies. Um, oh, yes, yeah. he did. Yes, he did. Puny God. Puny God. <laughs> I am a God. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moment moving on. Um, we are, unfortunately, at the end of the show. If you have any thoughts about war in media, then send us a message um, either via Facebook, Google+, Twitter, or, you know, TGS uh, underscore The Geek Show. We, we do follow uh, hashtag The Geek Show, and yes. we do follow what you put in the chat box on thegeekshow.co.uk on the right-hand side. There's a chat box. Anybody can use it. The grey text box is where you put your name, and the white one is where you put your message. Yeah. Anybody can jump on. Anybody can use it. One thing we do say is if you've got a phone, if you've got a calendar app, bring your phone out. Go on, everybody do it now. Everybody do it now. Get your phone out. Go to the calendar. Set a reminder. Mondays, 6 till 8, every single Monday. We are here. 
I think we have one, we have like two mon- Mondays off a year. We have Christmas and we have no, we series have three. break. Three. We have a series break uh, around this time every year yeah. and then we have two at the, after Christmas. Do we have two after Christmas? Yeah. Seriously, we should be taking up more religious holidays. I, I want Eid off, I want Ramadan, I want all sorts. <laughs> you, you're just trying to copy me now, aren't you? Yeah, Rob, Rob, <laughs> Rob is the worst Muslim in the world. He, um, he, he, he does Christmas, he does Ramadan, he does Eid. He also eats bacon and shaves his beard. So, I'm Thank taking up Ramadan <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't want to go to work today. It's somebody's religious holiday. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. if you have any thoughts about uh, war in media then send us a message by one of those methods or email us, uh, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk. Yeah. Coming up next week is Anime Attacks. Anime Attacks special, which we recorded live at the event, which was really, really good. Yeah. Massive congratulations and thanks to Andy uh, and uh, Gates of Council and Library and everybody that was involved. You were absolutely amazing. Some amazing artists, which we will discuss. Uh, Sophia Liu, uh, Lisa Cummings. We've got Tuckies Anime. Uh, we got. We saw a couple of our regular listeners. We saw um, Jacob Afro guy. We yeah. saw yeah everybody there. Loads of people. Uh, and Jacob Afro guy does actually have an afro, which is also really cool. Um, but yeah, so so that's really us. Uh, yes. Do you want to give us some announcements? Uh, yes, I'll announcement uh, coming up on Wednesday, the twenty fifth of July, for listeners in Middlesbrough. If oh, you've yes. got an interest in movies, uh, pop along to Double Tick Quiz Night. Rises, yes, we were feeding in a Batman, and uh, that's 25th of July, 7 till 9, £3 in at the Blue Bar Middlesbrough, and our proceeds will go to the Butterwick Hospice. We will put that on yes. the uh, chat box, just a link to that. Yes. Have you got a Facebook? We uh, have. Event? The, there's uh, plenty of prizes, like DVDs and stuff, up for grabs and all sorts. And if you want to know more about Double Take, do follow us on Facebook by searching for facebook.com forward slash double take fm and you'll be able to keep up to date on there you guys uh, also donate the money to charity I believe yes. we do yes, yes all the Bushwick Hospice yes all yes. the money going to the double take quiz goes to charity and you can win some, yourself some DVDs and some stuff uh, just a quick thing um, where are we I've just lost it It's it was on there it's gone where is it gone what uh, where are we Rob Smoothly. Issa was looking for anime suggestions. Uh, if you want some anime suggestions, I would suggest Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Guardian of the Sacred Spirit, uh, Michiko Tahachin, Ergo Proxy, uh, Avoid Naruto, Bleach, that sort of stuff. Watch yep. One Piece. If you're going to watch any shonen, watch One Piece. Look up Satoshi Kong. Anything. Don't watch Paranoia Raging. Yes, I agree. Okay, anything by Satoshi Kong. Do not watch Perfect Kong. Blue. If you are under 18. Yes, they are adult-themed movies. But obviously, check us out on thegeekshow.co.uk. We're here every single week. Put a reminder in your phone, 6 to 8 on Mondays. We do listen, we do watch, we are interactive, get in touch, and we are here. Uh, you're listening to The Geek Show. We are the UK's only live FM Geek radio show from myself, Phil. Me, Rob. And me, Rob. Double Rob today. Uh, we will see you next Monday for the Anime Attacks yeah, well, I'll be on tomorrow issue. from 12 till 2 for Literary Loitering. Yep. Rob will be here on Wednesday, is it? It's 2 or 3 Wednesday. 2 or 3 for Double Take. If you're into movies, obviously, we just check us out. on iTunes as well. Yes. So, yes. Ah, there's iTunes going on. So we'll see you guys this week, next week, every week, uh, 6 till 8.
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.